This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. Follow the show on Twitter at, at Radio Free PW. The liberation starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. What a great time to join us as we're continuing the road to WrestleMania. And we just came off of a quote-unquote best AEW revolution ever, possibly? Question mark. Of course, I'm joined by Jake from the Windy City and David the Smart Mark from Peterborough, England. Gentlemen, it was a great weekend of wrestling with some really weird innings to matches. Uh, a lot of... Uh interesting arguments that we're going to have here so let's get so uh looking forward to the show today i'm glad you're enthusiastic because i thought it was a pile of crap well you know somebody's pile of crap is somebody else's pile of treasure we'll just have to see which <laughs> side of the coin we <laughs> land on this week <laughs> This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. And my first story this week, guys. You know we're three weeks away from WrestleMania, and I still don't know the first person that's going to be in the 2023 Hall of Fame. Kind of interesting, right, guys? See, it's it's really interesting. Uh, WWE is just, you know, we're three and a half weeks out from WrestleMania going Hollywood. And it's and it's interesting because like that night, they're still scheduled to have the Hall of Fame right after SmackDown. And speaking about it on Wrestling Observer Radio, you know, Meltzer noted that WWE has started asking people whether they would be interested in being inducted. I'm kind of surprised that it, it has taken this long. Um, maybe Triple H hasn't really made it a priority. We don't know who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but... It's kind of interesting, and I'm actually curious if they are if they are really going to have a full out uh, induction class uh, this year. Um, to be, I wouldn't mind it if there's going to be just only a couple of in inductees uh, this year. And uh, this also may spark uh, spark an uh, interesting discussion about uh, should the Hall of Fame be a part of WrestleMania weekend, uh, especially with a lot of shows going on as it is already. I mean, maybe switching to another uh, to another week. Personal take, if you're going to have a whole lot of fame, you have it mainly a weekend. If you, if you have one. Um, you're, right, you're right, guys. And normally, we've had people announced around, you normally get the first announcement around Christmas time, almost mm -hmm. like as an incentive to say, uh, I hope lads the Royal Rumble's come in. Um, Mania's coming, but these this is the first end up to the Hall of Fame. So it almost starts piquing your interest towards Mania season around Christmas. And obviously, as you guys have said, three weeks away, we've got nada. We've got zip. So what it leads to believe, I think if you're going to have a full Hall of Fame ceremony, hey, they've got to start doing it soon. There was nothing on Raw. And I've got to be honest, and I've sat racking my brains, and I don't know about you two, I can't think of anyone that would be announced. Okay, mm -hmm. Jimin, I had a feeling about this, and especially since they haven't announced anybody yet, I wonder if their original plan was they were banking on The Rock doing the match with Roman Reigns, and they were going to have the headline person be The Rock in LA, and now they're working on their plan B because that didn't happen, and they're trying to find that main event star to get a headline this Hall of Fame class. And the only person I can think of that could probably be not that rock level, but almost close to that level would be Batista. And I wonder if Batista would be willing to do it. Right. You're probably right, but I don't know. I don't care anymore. Um, as it's in Hollywood, I wouldn't be surprised to see 
the um, Celebrity Hall of Fame get a few, um, a few, a couple of inductees. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Christ knows you. But, you know, it's bad enough from Raw that Logan Paul looks like he's coming back. So maybe, um, maybe some, maybe some random inductees like Freddie Prince Jr. or uh, Sylvester yeah, Stallone or something. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you congratulate him. Mind you saying that, maybe not, because last time we saw him on wrestling television was on Dynamite, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. My second news story came from you, Jake, as you shared a story about reports of Vincent Man coming to Monday Night Raw, which later on, uh, Dave Meltzer reported that uh, Vincent Man came to Monday Night Raw, Raw most likely to meet up with one John Cena as they were in Boston, Massachusetts this past week for the show, and that made sense. And later on, we found out that Vince was at Gorilla, which makes perfect sense as well, because if he's going to be there, he's probably going to be where he wants to be, and that's a Gorilla position. So it was noted at as as of 6.30 p.m. on Monday nights that uh, he was not booked to appear on the show anyway. Furthermore, uh, he was not there basically to bark orders or even to run the show. Uh, it was also said that, he, that the usual production and executive teams were handling uh, Raw uh, no different as they than they usually do. Um, you know, you know, uh, Vince and uh, John Cena are close, and Vince has visited Cena multiple times outside the WWE in the last several months. So it kind of makes sense uh, that... Uh, uh, he was there to just to greet Cena and just to uh, congratulate him, congratulate him on uh, on his career, on his you know long time career, real uh, uh, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, you know, this kind of leads to some like to some discussion and uh, a lot of uh, this led to a lot of fans uh, worrying, concerned for a little bit there. Personally, I don't think uh, it pretty much led to some some big stuff. Uh, although I could. I could be wrong. This could be a foreshadowing of of something bigger along the way. Um, if if it if it if he is going to currently deal with the company uh, just to uh, just to uh, spearhead a sale, definitely understand that. Um, but yeah, this this is like like one of the big uh, the biggest discussion points uh, coming off of Raw uh, on my, on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I I quite enjoyed seeing her on Monday night. That that words I'd never ever thought I'd say. I I enjoyed almost him not giving a stuff and being there so i'm actually welcoming john at the moment for wrestlemania and i hope he does the right thing and puts theory over you know something else that was coming out of Monday night raw according to wrestlingnews.co was a possibility of a formation of a group that was kind of close to our hearts david but not with the same members as there's talk of the hurt business reforming but this time it's going to be mvp almost carmel hayes and Dawkins and um and Montez Ford as a new Hurt Business 2.0. Jimmy, what do you think about this new Hurt Business if this is true? And it should be also said that Bobby Lashley uh, has declined to reform the group. Uh, this could be like a good opportunity for a stable to be forming, uh, whether as a new version of the Hurt Business or maybe a different name. This could mean nothing, but it shouldn't go unnoticed that seemingly all of the comments under MVP's Instagram account are positive about the idea of this stable forming. Uh, whether as a new version of the Hurt Business or something else. I, I am curious to see if this will come into fruition, though. I'll be honest, I'm not quite simply because I like the original Hurt Business. I like yeah. MVP. <laughs> you know, yeah, but we, we, they were, they were the one, one of the few things, and Sean, Sean will document that, that when they initially got going, they grew on me. They, they, changed, they changed my opinion of them because they were actually decent. They were decent in the red. And so, to me, no, I, I don't. It never worked. New smoking guns. You know, when you bring in, you know, when you bring in and try to rebuild, you know, the Legion of Zoom 2.0, it, it doesn't work. Time has told us that. 
So honestly, and I know I am probably going to be a miserable old git in this show today, but it doesn't work for me. I like the old Hurt business and mm -hmm. I wanted to see them back. The only good thing is if he gets MVP a bit more TV time, then I'll give it a go. Yeah, and uh, it's like the same as like a you know, war machine coming in as the as you know the war raiders and then as the Viking raiders or, or like what is it called the Viking experience? Oh, yeah, like some <laughs> some dumbass yeah, that's name a that they put there. <laughs> that's actually a museum in York in the UK. Genuinely, <laughs> that's funny as hell. It's true. Okay, David, my next story is about a female wrestler that we kind of enjoy a lot of, and we were kind of early on the bandwagon here as. Gigi Dolan was on uh, Busted Open Radio this past week as she was displaying her background and her upbringing and how wrestling was quote-unquote taboo to the culture that she grew up in as she was growing up in a gypsy culture and she explained her background and running away from home at 18 when she discovered wrestling. And she had this amazing promo, not last night on NXT, but the week before she cut this heartfelt promo. And I'm like, they got a new baby face in Gigi and I'm hoping... Even with the light luster match they had last night on NXT's show, they need to push her as a new babyface. You know, she mentioned um, growing up as a, as a Romani person. Uh, uh, she said it was an interesting lifestyle because she was sheltered growing up uh, until she found wrestling. And then she left home in 18. And uh, and she was very hesitant to put her cultural background on screen. You know, uh, she mentioned there might, there's a lot of like misconstrued uh, information and stereotypes out there regarding you know her own culture that she that she her own cultural background opened up about her background it was it was really uh, uh interesting to to listen to listen to so i get i give her uh, a lot of credit to opening up and, and being honest about her cultural background there on on busted open radio yeah i enjoyed it I, I like the girl i think she's got some talent i do think she needs some guidance and i think she needs some help to get to the next level um what that is um is it going to smack down is he going to work with some of the bigger girls? Hopefully she'll get over, but I think she's talented. We've always liked her, and I enjoyed the interview. I'm refreshingly honest. Okay, gentlemen, my last news story of the week comes from 34 Weekly, as we may have found a new leader to the Bullet Club. And David, like a couple weeks ago, we were talking about David Finley possibly being this new leader. And at the New Japan Cup, who comes out with Gato? It's one David Finley. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, we've done... 10 plus years of the bullet club yeah uh can we just like get away with uh, of the stable already i mean you know we, this the, the stable is pretty like you know this this whole group this whole bullet club thing has pretty much um jumped the shark ever since you know cody and the bucks left and then kenny omega so like what, what even is the point of the bullet club anymore you know like happy that david finley is now in a heel role and and maybe in a prominent heel role in uh, in New Japan. Really curious to see what he can do uh, on a uh, in a top spot. But uh, look, it's it's the Bullet Club. Uh, <laughs> you know, nothing much uh, nothing much can come out of this uh, pretty much anymore. Uh, and uh, I rather just you know just see him just like try to be on his own and not to be just a just like the front man of of like a, of a broken grapes uh, group here. <laughs> Yeah, Jake, now that what you've got is Jay White light there. Um, you look at two pictures of them together, you never see them in the same room. You know, it's another version of Jay White. Not for me, David Finley's, uh, Jake's just said it. David Finley is a talented wrestler on his own. Make it on your own, son. Um, I mean, you look at his pedigree. It looks like Jay White's, you know, thrown his cap in with AEW. And a few indies. I, Jake nailed it. Too much Bullet Club. Too long. 
let it go, let it die, just let it die and let it go. Okay, gentlemen, I kind of agree with you because I can see your viewpoint here. It does look a lot of like NWO 2000, and we all know how that went. So that could be a perfect point to end the Bullet Club, but we all know that New Japan owns the copyright to the Bullet Club, and as long as it's making money for them, they're going to keep that around. Sure, uh, but remember uh, Bret Hart as part of the NWO in uh, 2000? <laughs> he probably still is eventually. <laughs> yeah, that was just the weirdest, most uncomfortable, most awkward crap I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, him joining the NWO, it was like, why why, why did you put him in this state? Like, seriously. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, my first stunning question for you, gentlemen. Was the Iron Man match between Brian Danielson and MJF, was it the classic that almost everybody is saying? Or was it good for like 65 minutes and the ending kind of brought it down? I'm probably going to be uh, the person that has the uh, the half uh, uh, the the glass half full here. Uh, oh, that ending is going to get a lot of people talking. As there was a rather simple solution of having Danielson pass out in the hold, uh, <laughs> having having Brian tap is going to get people annoyed as the as the hero falls. But MJF can get a lot of the bragging out of this one. Uh, now that being said, uh, this match started in quite a slow pace. Uh, but it got way better by the end with a great mixture of playing up the limb in, uh, the limb injuries and mixing in the violence. Uh, they were playing some interesting games with each other before the finish, and I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I, I thought it was still a classic match uh, with an ending that might not go over so well, but I was so stuck into the the gist of it all. I was at uh, at a movie theater watching AEW Revolution uh, at one of the AMC theaters here in Chicago. And and by the way, I definitely recommend the theater experience uh, if you're going to go for like a big AEW pay-per-view. Well, first off, it's half the cost of uh, buying the pay-per-view uh, outright. Uh, it's like it's like only 25 bucks if you're going to go to to one of these. But uh, yeah, I mean, all of us like and the theater was nearly full. So and all of us uh, were like up in our arms and we were just uh, shouting loud. Uh, sh uh, we were screaming loudly uh, while this match was happening. So overall, like, you know, it got the crowd going where, where I was at and really got my really got my gears going. And uh, I kind of expected that MGF would uh, would win here. But uh, the way with the uh, with the near falls here that uh, you would think that Danielson would win it and it kind of almost convinced me. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a, still a classic match and one of the best matches I've seen from AEW, really. Okay, well, it's me, a drug Jake, the, the move down. Um, it was okay, and I'll tell you why it, it was only okay. Um, the ending, Jake, you nailed it. Everything that you said about the ending, um, I couldn't agree more with. Have Danielson pass out at the end. I didn't actually want MJF to resort to chicanery. I wanted MJF to win it on his own merit. I know he's a dastardly heel. He'd done enough dastardly heel moments because there was a brilliant one. And you put something on the thread at the time, Jake, where he deliberately got himself disqualified to take two quick falls. So that was brilliant. Really original. Liked it. But, and there's a point, guys, that no one seems to have mentioned. I was on a downer going into the match. Because I thought the rest of the card was boring. And I'm sorry for saying it. I could get heaps here. But it was boring. Or not boring. It was okay. It was nothing 
outstanding. So by the time we got... It was not horrible, you're saying, right? Or... <laughs> yeah, it was not horrible. There's nothing horrible in it, but it was just... I'm not being funny. We've had two fucking no DQ matches with blood and... You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Why have two... We know how you cut? feel about the the the, uh, the death match, so... <laughs> well, I don't know whether Sean's coming on to that, so I'm going to wait express my opinion on that, but I'm sure you can work it out. But we had two of them in the card. Now, I get that there's an audience that like that sort of match, but so have one. By all means, if you're playing, you play through audience. Do we need two? Do we honestly need two? You have the women's match, which was marginally better than it could be, considering some of the um, the, the dross that was in the ring. Um, and that doesn't include Jamie Hayter, who carried that match. I, I hate to say this, but my match of the night was the trio's match. Um, oh. Yeah, and I hate to say it. Don't get me wrong. I hate to say so therefore it led me going into this match to get to the point that I was I was on a downer already. I, I, I don't see how anyone's got this as a great match. It was okay, it was possible. Um but for me, Danielson now needs to do whatever Danielson's gonna do, stay away from MJF and let MJF move to other fish to fry, which I'll come on to hopefully with Sean's questioning. Shawnee. Okay, Jim. So the way I came into this pay-per-view was I was at work. I got home literally in time to see the end of the four-way tag team match. So I didn't have the full experience of the first two and a half hours of the show. So the first full match I got to see was MJF versus Brian Downson. And I'm going like through here for 60 minutes. I'm into it. It's good. I love how MJF cheats to get a pinfall. And it cost him a pinfall, but he evens everything up. And the last minute where he's just hanging on by the near fingernails as he's Letting that clock run out. I was happy with the draw. I know the fans were chanting bullshit. I was happy. You could have left there with a draw. But then we have this afterbirth where we go, oh, hey, Tony doesn't want this to end in a draw. So we're going to restart this, send this one fall. And MJF is laying there with oxygen. The guy giving him oxygen. So he has giving oxygen him the mask. mask. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny. To I'm like, okay, we're supposed to expect this to be a real sport. There's no way this match will get restarted if you're giving somebody oxygen. I'm sorry. So it kind of took me out of it. Then the camera angle showing MJF holding that tank underneath the ring there for like a minute and a half. Brian comes over, decks him with it. Okay, fine. You in there. MJF cheeks the win. No, Danielson kicks out of that. Then they go into the submission thing. I'm like, come on, guys. Just pick one. This ending brought this match from a classic to being good to very decent i i understand what you're saying because it kind of brought back to a wrestlemania 12 uh with brett and sean's iron man match where you could have just left it at a draw uh but then you know gorilla monsoon had to come out and uh and announce it it's, it's going to be into sudden death rules uh you know a lot of people didn't like it uh uh then and i personally uh thought it was too much uh myself uh there but uh yeah definitely understand what you're saying about this match uh but at least with the work rate uh here kind of like forgiven it. it it has forgiven it uh for me um but yeah i mean like it was kind of, it, it was kind of funny that so we got to see uh i got to see max uh you know suffering a lot and uh, uh and putting the uh the oxygen the oxygen mask on himself but uh yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, hey, it's it's definitely the most polarizing uh, match uh, of this of this whole card to me yeah, uh, as well. No. So <laughs> you know, Jack, that's kind of interesting you say that. Later on in the study's this question, I may have a match that could be as polarizing as this one. But my next question for you, gentlemen, is which promo did you like better, and which one helped their WrestleMania match coming up more? Was it Cody Rhodes' promo with Roman Reigns, or was it Austin Theory's promo with John Cena? 
Oh boy. Um, I definitely preferred Cody versus Roman's uh promo at SmackDown. Uh for me, like it was just well thought out and uh, the way that uh, they brought up their past and their hi- uh, and you know their history, um, growing up in the same system in NXT, uh, for with with Roman at least, and um and uh, Roman uh, getting to work with Dusty and uh and talking about uh what and what uh, talking about what they want, what their goals are, and what they want to do, heading into WrestleMania was pretty good. To be honest with you, like the way uh with Cena in theory, um yeah I it, it was pretty decent, but. Uh, Man, this this really this really uh pretty much destroyed theory <laughs> and uh, the and the way Cena uh Cena buried him as far as like oh like when he when he brought up hey at least uh at least uh they're not putting up fake crowd noises uh because my matches are boring <laughs> uh because at least my matches are not boring and like like theories is I was like it was a it was a complete man. It was a complete destruction, and uh, you you would think that uh, that theory would uh, would recover would recover by um, winning at Mania uh, against against Cena. Uh, but I'm kind of conflicted if that is actually going to be the case. Uh, the the way the WWE and allowed Theory to be a complete dork here, I didn't think gave him a lot of favors, in my opinion. Yeah, you've got left with much to say there, Jake. I I agree entirely. The better one out of the two, they're both good, um, in my opinion. Better one, way, 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 Roman and Cody, excellent promo. Both sides didn't know where it was going to go, whether it was going to end up in violence or not. And I also liked, to that point, that they kept Cody out of the Sammy ongoing storyline with the bloodline as well but obviously that went wrong um a little bit on raw in the cody got involved right at the end um with that that's irrelevant the cena theory um problem was good i like some of the lines as jake said i i like the pipe noise line theory has to go over there's there's has to go over at mania otherwise yeah. what's the point what's the point in having it just to rinse it cena can live with being beaten by theory Cena comes back, he's going to get the reaction he always gets. He's now got a little bit more looser with his promos. He's got the acting experience and what have you. He's got the ad-lib skills. He's got the mic skills. He can always verbally joust with, with an opponent without a script. Um, no, Cena has to put Theory over WrestleMania. Hopefully they'll allow Theory a little comeback in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, pretty much Jake nailed that. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, the only thing that Cena didn't do to Austin Fury was turn him upside down and shake him for his lunch money because <laughs> after that, for a little money, I, yeah. that's yeah, all that's that he didn't sure. do. Because I was waiting for Austin Fury to come behind him and attack him as he's leaving the ring. He doesn't do anything. He looks like a freaking door. I mean, I love his sunglasses. Austin, if you're listening to this show, let me know where you get your sunglasses from. I want a pair. I need a pair too, by the way. Those are. Pretty pretty dope sunglasses and shades that he has there. I think I'm slightly too old. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, my next question for you. We're going back to AEW Revolution. And Jake, this is where I was thinking maybe this is as polarizing as the match we were talking about at the beginning of the 76 questions. Did Jungle Boy's victory over Christian Cage change your viewpoint of Jack Perry and AEW, or did it not do anything for you? I, I I thought the match was okay. Uh, the stipulation uh, is weird as almost everything before the ending doesn't matter. Uh, you can't win the match in the ring, so the drama doesn't really crank up until you get up to the casket. They did give Jungle Boy the the big win though, and made him look uh, pretty strong in defeats, and that's and that is what matters the most to me. A good fight here. Uh, Jungle Boy winning is is the big deal, but it, it kind of like. 
I was kind of confused how were they going to execute this match. It was so it was a final burial match, uh, but uh, so but they'll just put the casket on on the grave. And I thought, oh, so just oh, okay. So the ending is just going to lock the the casket, not and not completely dig him after. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I really hope uh, with Jungle Boy, the, the result is that he's gonna uh, that uh, Chris that uh, Christian is going to take a break, and uh, he and I, I just wish that uh, Jungle Boy would just move on from uh, from Christian uh, after after this. So and actually move on to like some other feuds because like we've seen this like almost the almost the entire year and uh it kind of makes sense that this would be the uh uh the culmination here. Yeah, I couldn't agree again. Most of that is is pretty much bang on. Um I I I now I I just want to see Jungle Boy snapped in out. I really do. I don't like him. He's yeah he's got some skills in the ring. He's he's got some ability in the ring but he's geek he couldn't use a mic if his life depended on it. Um, he couldn't cut a promo if his life depended on it. I love Christian. Christian is a brilliant. It's what AEW lack. It's a proper heel. He's smarmy looking. He dresses smarmy. He disregards the crowd. He doesn't give them cool responses. He just ignores them when he's being booed. You know, he doesn't have to try and get himself over by saying something funny. He does it properly. He's an old school heel 101 and AEW need more than that yes it was the right result Jack Perry had to win that um so I don't want to contradict myself here but Christian needs to be rehabbed and brought out as an old heel for someone um as concerns Jack Perry I don't know and I don't really care because he's done nothing now AEW dropped the ball with him when they had him as a talent as a boy with his dinosaur um they didn't utilize it and they're not utilizing it now I honestly think that this is going to be one of the things that we look back on in a couple of years is to say, this was a person, a character that AEW dropped the ball with. They had a homegrown baby face in the waiting, and they just couldn't put the things together to make it happen. We had the discussion about uh, what what what, uh, what AEW kind of lacks here is, um, oh, uh, do they have like good baby faces? Do they have good heels? And to be honest with you, like after this after this pay-per-view I, I yeah i agree with you uh, david that uh they are kind of lacking those proper heels uh you know outside of you know max and and christian i mean you can argue uh you can argue maybe sammy guevara but uh to me i mean at, the, at this that's point not he's, heel heat. that's, that's not really heel heat, heat. Yeah. it's uh it's baron corbin heat really so yeah yeah <laughs> and i tell you what jake although you are right i'd argue that max isn't 100 percent heel because he gets over with the crowd they want to hear him make his comments that, that make them laugh and make them go, Ooh. do you know what I mean? And and that, to me, whereas Christian just blanks them, won't interact with them whatsoever. Um, sure. uh, and I know, obviously, it's, I think it's a kayfabe story. The best thing that Max did all weekend was throw that drink in the kid's face. Genius. And I'm sorry, genius. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um. Maybe the ass boys as heels, but uh, yeah, they're not good as well, too. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, Jim, you led me perfectly into my fourth stunning question of the week. We saw FTR make their return at AEW Revolution. Now they're injecting into AEW's tag team division. Is it enough to save this division? Because this used to be the division that we watched in AEW, and over the course of a year and a half, we got the ass boys as champions. What the beep. <laughs> I'll let you go first here, David. Okay, mate. Um, thank you. Right. I think it could be if booked right. FTR, I don't think there's anyone here 
that would argue they're the best tag team in the world, in any division, in any group, in any what have you, best tag team in the world. So you chuck in there now. I like the acclaimed. I think if they're, they're utilised again, we come back to it, they're utilised and booked right, the claim can be in there. Um, Private Party need a rehab. Blackpool Combat Club. I like Blackpool Combat Club. I think you could you could utilise now any any favoured rules for Blackpool Combat Club or you've got the trios. But, and this has happened, and I mentioned this on the last show, I would like to see Kenny Omega go off and feud with MJF. I, I really would. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I would. Oh, yeah. Um, also, that would then free the books up and the books have got to swallow their schoolyard stuffing egos and have a feud with FTR. But FTR go on, but everyone wins long run, long term. Everyone wins. We win as fans. The company will win because it will heighten some interest because they know there's real life heat. They don't know what it is, but they know there's something there. And it would put bums on seat. So, yeah, in answer to Sean's question, it has revitalised the tag team division. There is potential there, but it comes back to our so-called Booker of the Year to get it right and not listen to his playground. Jay? I still say that AEW has the best tag division in all professional wrestling right now, and this is a, an opportunity to, to to let it still be alive and still going here. And look, FTR, yeah, I agree with you. FTR, take the belts off off the ass boys and and you and there you go like having that feud with the young bucks like having i could see it as a as a as a six-month feud i mean having have them yeah. headline like two two pay-per-views yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely yeah it means like you know the young bucks are polarizing figures of course but hey with, with the right opponents they can they we've seen it in the past like with uh kenny omega and kota ibushi they they pull out like an amazing banger and a, an amazing storytelling of a match so yeah, that there there's a good opportunity uh, right there uh, to to keep with the with the main well with the main tag belts to keep it as special as it is and unique as it is and and may and still make it very prestigious. You know, gentlemen, I got a feeling that we're going to see the Gun Brothers be transitional champions. As I feel like either they face FTR and FTR gets the titles, or they face the Young Bucks and the Young Bucks get the title, and we go into that feud with FTR versus the Young Bucks somehow, some way. Yeah, that yeah, that would be some good, some good, some good plans right there. Okay, Jimin, my fifth stunning question for you. It comes from Monday Night Raw. As we finally figure out, we're getting the match that I was talking about a couple weeks ago, where it's going to be Damage Control versus Lita, Trish, and Becky Lynch. How happy are we? And are we thinking Trish might turn on her team? Uh, this is pretty uh pretty uh, interesting here i kind of had that uh that suspicion when i saw raw uh last week are they kind of hinting towards that direction maybe um yeah i mean with with damage control i'm i'm really not sure where they're gonna uh, head from here but uh yeah it kind of does look like it's gonna go to that direction maybe heading into wrestlemania uh maybe hey i would love to see trish versus becky uh in a in a program uh for for themselves uh, for me personally be i i, I think that would be one interesting <laughs> match right there for, for like hey like you know my favorite ladies wrestler growing up and you know my favorite today i mean you know what can go wrong uh for me <laughs> i like trish i like uh later always have done both those ladies have been severely big ambassadors for ladies wrestling because why they can wrestle i like bailey why do i like bailey she can wrestle the rest of them 
can go shit in a hat. I really don't care. And unfortunately, when you get legends pulled in there, I think Jake's actually, even though I'm not a Becky Lynch fan, yeah, I would like to see Trish Becky Lynch. That actually would pique my interest to see if Trish could go with, with, with Becky um, maybe teach her a few things. Um, and I'm sorry for Sean for getting the swear box out, but I've been grumpy today. It's just not been my week for professional wrestling, apart from when you're on the TV. Anyway, sorry, Sean. You know, guys, I was watching this segment, and the first stare down you have is Trish staring down um, Bailey. And I'm going like, I kind of want to see this match. And can we have the tag champs face the other two members of damage control? So can we have these two separate matches? We're not going to get it at WrestleMania, but maybe somewhere down the road, can we get Bailey versus Trish? Because I will pay money for that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sixth and final stunning question. Okay, for weeks now, I have been hyping this matchup last night on NXT. It's Sacklemore versus Roxanne Perez. Gentlemen, did I overhype this match or did it live up to my expectations? Hang on, I'll go in here, Jake, there's a reason. I haven't seen it yet. I'm watching it tonight. So I'm not going to comment on it. I'll comment on it next week, Jake. Okay, we'll just put that there. <laughs> All right, thanks, David. Uh, I thought this was a very fun match uh, with most of the spot making to feel like either a strong style type of match or perhaps like a like a New Japan Pro Wrestling style match. You got to respect uh, Mako for looking strong in defeat after Roxanne secured the clean victory. I thought it was a great wrestling matchup between an icon and a future legend. So I, I you're not the only one, uh, Sean, because I thought I was genuinely scared for Roxy. <laughs> the usually boisterous crowd uh, going deathly silent was uh, was pretty uh, eerie to uh, listen to as well. So, yeah, it was well done by both ladies. Jack, I was so angry at this NST crowd because I'm like, dude, you guys don't deserve this match. You're so quiet. <laughs> it was it was pretty quiet. Yeah, I was kind of shocked about that too. I was like, this is why this match should stay until stand and deliver, because that crowd would have been more into this match than this crowd that was basically on some kind of downer. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they could, I mean, like, yeah, you know, thinking about it, it's like they, they yeah, they should have probably just kept this for uh, stand and deliver, having you know a full full out crowd at the at, in Los Angeles. So yeah, this might. Yeah, this definitely could have been a ball dropper right here, but I still pretty much enjoyed the match. <laughs> I did too. Now, there's a couple of spots in there where I felt like they may not gel well together or something just went awry just a little bit. But I love the ending where Roxanne just basically ducks under the um, Scorpio Rising kick, and that's how she pins Satnamora. She learns on the job and tricks uh, Satnamora into going for the finisher and just obeying it just enough so she can get the pin. The way they executed it, just one. Do you two think I'll enjoy it? I think so, yeah. I think you will, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do did they gel better than Matt Hardy and Hook? Yeah, I think so, yes. <laughs> then that'll do it for me. Uh it's a definite uh yes with no hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Right, yeah. guys, I'm gonna like there's nothing else amused then. I've got a question for you quickly before Sean moves us on. Right, because this amused me and I've only just seen this in the last just before we came on air to record. What do we think? It's dynamite tonight as we record. Yeah. What do we think Wardlow is going to use um, for a TNT title belt? Okay. So if you haven't read the news this morning, somebody broke into the rental car of Wardlow and stole his gear in a TNT title. So, David, to answer your question, I bet you they're rushing to make a new TNT title for this evening. And... How dumb would he be to break in somebody's car and it be Warlord's freaking rental car? Yeah, and you're lucky that uh, he didn't he didn't see you in in broad in broad uh, daylight too. So yeah, 
pretty crappy. Got to try and sell the belt out now because that won't stick out when he tries to sell it, will it? <laughs> I mean, my TNT belts that I have over here. I mean, yeah, yeah I, mean... <laughs> I want it. I, I work for AEW. <laughs> what we're gonna do is, hey Tony, if you're on line one, I represent Jake Allenart, and he's willing to loan <laughs> his title. I just want to take five percent of whatever you want to give Jake, and we want to start the bidding. Uh, we'll tell you off air, okay? Uh, before we go, uh, gentlemen, um, I just want to mention that I, I thought I enjoyed the uh, the the debut of Ring of Honor uh, last week. Yes. I know David that you mentioned it uh, yes. last week. Uh, so yeah, yeah. What did you think there originally? Because I thought and seeing seeing uh, Eddie Kingston there and then doing his usual stuff, uh, usual great stuff. I mean, I pretty much enjoyed it. Uh, I I I think I don't think that it should be a two hour program uh, no. every week. Uh, but I, for the debut uh, last week, it was it was still very well done, and it was a great debut to put out this this new Ring of Honor uh, out there. <laughs> it was only it was only because it was the opening show, Jake. They've re- the way they've recorded, it's going to be an hour long from now, I, I believe. Oh, thank goodness! Done from this week, but it's just that they recorded it and they wanted to, they wanted to go in with a bang. Hence the fact you got Mark Briscoe, you got uh, Zach, you got. Um, Claudio and um, Eddie Kingston's. I it was a brilliant show. I uh, it's been the highlight of my wrestling week. Um, and it it did it or it did it all right in the fact that you know that some of them were squash wrestlers, but they were still decent matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought the match of the show was Claudio Castagnoli versus Ar Fox. I yeah. I thought it was a very yeah. good match and best part of the show and fox can make the high flying look just about as good as anyone else as he was doing his thing out there and obviously claudio the way that he uh the strong styled himself out there and then yeah i mean i'm really happy that uh, he's the champion uh yeah. champion yeah, going into this choice. going into this new ring of and honor it looks uh, like supercar's yeah. gonna be him versus kingston which i'd quite happily watch quite happily play for yeah do you think and with the way that this is uh going it's gonna look like going forward um uh, I'm really happy that there will be some differences uh, here uh, between, you know, AEW and Ring of Honor. And I hope, uh, I, I kind of hope that at least that, you know, TK gives at least uh, some some duties or at least some leeway to like some, to some other people that can help him uh, with this, with this new project here, at least because he's got a lot going on and I can definitely see that, you know, he, he says, he says it himself that he doesn't sleep a lot. So, I mean, that, that that just proves right there that you're that you're doing a lot there right uh, right there, buddy. So hey, this is a great start for the new Ring of Honor, and uh, I hope it continues to be like that moving forward. What I liked about it, it felt like Ring of Honor traditionally. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, Jim, I was watching the very first part of it, and yeah, I mean, they got the same ring announcer. I love the fact they got uh, Caprice and Riccaboni on the commentary. I'm just hoping they eventually move this thing back to Baltimore and just base it out of Baltimore like it was before and it doesn't True. look like AW Dark because yeah it kind of looked like AW Dark with drapings of Ring of Honor but I'm going to give it another chance this week it's well worth the $9.99 for Honor Club I thought the show was pretty good while I saw of it and before we go we are doing a best Wrestlemania match bracket with the gentleman from Six Win Media Chris and Matt, I will be recording this show Saturday this week, and we'll be releasing our brackets next week on the show. We'll run down our region, our one through eight seeds, as we lead to WrestleMania and try to debate what is the best WrestleMania match ever. 
Really looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've finally sorted my three out with you, you guys have accepted. Um, I went in a deep dive this week. Yeah, it should be good. The, the selections we've got, I think, are pretty solid. Okay, Jevin. Um, Jake, where can we find you on a super information super highway? Been a great <laughs> week and uh, looking forward to what's ahead. And we're on the road to WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned here on Radio Free Pro Wrestling. You can follow me at Jake Allenar on Twitter and at jakeallenar.mp4 on Instagram, where you can find my takes of uh, any random crap that's going on, if it's wrestling or combat sports or even hockey, for that matter. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not on social media anymore because I hate it. No, um, David J. <laughs> Brightly. On, David J. Brightly on Facebook. Um, please find Saturday Sport with me, David Brightly, on uh, More Music Radio. More Music Radio, uh, enabled by Alexa every Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. UK time, GMTV, for listening to me battle computers in the studio and losing. Um, and also, I might give you some sports information as well. Um, and just thanks for listening, guys. Really always appreciate every single one of you. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, please go out of your way to listen to, to David. I mean, he does an incredible job and got the chance to listen to it. And uh, hey, bro, you, 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 you doing a great job, and we're both doing the same thing with radio, so good job, man. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you can always follow us on our website at www.radiofreepw, the one-stop shop for everything Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And until next week, where we spring ahead and we get one hour closer to David, gentlemen, have a great stunning week, and I'll try to catch up with you next week because I'm going to lose an hour of stunning beauty sleep. What the hell? Brother. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.